Hello? What the deal? Hello? What the deal? We are officially back. It's episode 44 of Keeping It 200. You are now officially rocking with the best dateline, July 24th, 2021. Tavon, we've had ourselves a busy last couple of days, but probably the biggest Mm -hmm. story of the last couple of days has not been anything in pro wrestling on TV. It's been who could be signed to AEW as it's now been rumored that CM Punk and Daniel Bryan... Mm. Both be coming to AEW. Ah, that's very interesting. I, I I never thought I would ever see that happen. I, I I'm I'm still very skeptical about all that because I I don't I'm not I'm not buying into this rumor yet. I I really don't want to. I mean, but w- what is your thoughts on this rumor, Tavon? Um. It's been interesting so far. So, yeah, this basically means that, well, if the rumors, if the rumor is um, true, then hey, I mean, good for both um, CM Punk and Daniel Bryan. CM Punk gets to come back pretty much for the first time in seven years, and Daniel Bryan, well, he's going to um, be pretty much. Um, Doing his own thing, giving us some um, dream matches, just like the good old indie days. Albeit, I'll, I'll, I will say this: I, I would, I, I, I still would have loved to seen um, Daniel Bryan versus Seth Rollins. So I, I would have loved to see that. So it sucks that it sucks that we that we um it sucks that we don't get that match, but. Hey, I'm all for it if the rumor is indeed true. Yeah, I, I don't. I, the hardest one for me to believe is the CM Punk one because he's 43. He hasn't competed in wrestling or in WWE or anywhere since 2014. That's seven years. He's got a really bad back. You know, he had to have surgery on that before he could ever have his UFC fights. And he was, and he's been very adamant over the years that he really did not want to return to pro wrestling. And to me, I don't. The reason I don't buy into it is because I, I, I don't feel like he would. I don't feel like he's trying to come to elevate more people or elevate the show. I feel like he would do it for a great check because I, I would figure if anybody would be paid three million a year and could work a part-time schedule, it's someone like Punk. He's got the name. He's got the recognition. You could bring him in it all out, and that would do probably the best of AEW's pay-per-view buys they've ever done. Um, 
or you could just bring them on TV the the you know the week before the pay per view or the or the go home show of the pay per view and you know I, and then you just have them talk on the pay per view you know it's it, it's 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 so very weird I I don't want to believe that one because I I feel like he I don't feel like he's comfortable or I don't think you know he would want to actually be a part of AEW I don't think he I don't think he likes wrestling as he used to. I think he would like wrestling as a paycheck. I feel like he would be probably like the Hulk Hogan probably of WCW in its own way because you know mm, he would have so like a would have a, listener. Exactly. You know just make a lot of money and would work a part-time schedule and and, and he's even been on Rene Packett's podcast and has even said that he would, you know, that he did not want to really be back in pro wrestling if it was for something very, very interesting that he could do. He didn't want to work with John Moxley because he did that in WWE with Dean Ambrose. He did not yeah. want to, um, you know, he said that he's never worked with the Young Bucks or Kenny Omega, you know. So, and and then there's also been times too, Tavon, where, where he's just completely said he didn't want to be anywhere in pro wrestling, you know, because he said he said offers, you know, before you know NXT UK took over all the. UK talent, there was people, there were promoters that were going to pay him a million just for one match, you know? So it's, mm. so, so, so it's not about the money to me. I just feel like he, and, and remember, he didn't even want to go to AEW at the beginning because he chose the WWE backstage show on FS1 because he did not believe AEW was going to be successful or even make it over a year. And, you know, now I feel well, like. surprise, surprise. It's already been pretty oh, much yeah, a it, year. It, Oh, well, it's about to be two years almost now. I mean, so, I mean, so, but, 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 you know, I, but then again, you understand why he felt that way because WWE was really the only game show in town and, yeah. and AEW, and AEW yeah. really, you know, they, you know, give credit yeah. to AEW. They, they kept, they really kept, they, they, they made a lot of adjustments during the pandemic that, you know, WWE did not do at first and did not want to do. So it's, hmm. so, so you have to give them credit there too, you know, and, I guess CM Punk probably was inspired and probably said, "Wow, you know, maybe maybe they are." And then, and then, and then again too, look at how many WWE legends have been signed over the or WWE superstar talents have been signed over the last year to AEW. You can go back to Big Show, you can go back to Christian, you can go back to um, Andrade, um, Alistair Black, Malachi Black, whatever you want to call him. You know, it's. I mean, basically, that W now in AEW kind of it does stand for WWE in its own way. So, it's, <laughs> so it's it's not so it's not like I'm just like trying to be like, uh, I mean, like uh, now the Daniel Bryan one, I, I definitely could see happening. I definitely could. I don't know if it will because I, I, it's very hard to believe all the rumors. Um, but I I could believe it. I mean, I mean Daniel Bryan still might also want to work New Japan. You know, so I, I I don't want to say New Japan's off the table too, because what if New Japan were to, you know, just convince Daniel Bryan? You know, I mean, I know New Japan won't have the money that AEW or WWE will pay him, but um, I, I do know that Daniel Bryan would like to work in New Japan and at least work the big shows. Um, and then don't forget too, you know, WWE is going to probably offer him the most that they can, because Daniel Bryan does respect Vince, he does respect WWE. But if he goes back to WWE, Tavon, there's there's really no reason that he would get a bigger push because he's already hit his ceiling. Yeah, he's already he already has hit his ceiling. He already technically has. He's not going to go to NXT. 
Um, and I, I, I honestly think, Tavon, if he were to go back to WWE, I, I think that he would be right in Cesaro's position right now. I think he would be on TV. I think he'd be great at selling merch. But I don't feel that Daniel Bryan in any means would be pushed to a degree. Um, Because remember, before he was even being put in that Roman Reigns edge feud for WrestleMania, he was losing to Cesaro on TV cleanly weekly. Um, And before that, you know, what was he doing? You know, I guess, you know, before that, you know, he was in the Intercontinental Championship feud. But he lost to Sami Zayn. He, you know, he didn't beat AJ Styles. You know, so it's not as if I'm trying to. I don't feel that Daniel Bryan would be anything more to WWE, but just a top merchandise seller, and he'll make a lot of money. But I don't, I don't think that's where Daniel Bryan. And maybe he might want to just do it for the money. And I mean, because because wherever he goes, Daniel Bryan, I do know he's going to be part time. He's got a family now. He he's not trying to work over. I don't think he would want to work over 150 dates a year. You know, he might, but I don't see him doing that. And, and he's even said, too, that he would want to wrestle till he's about 70 or 80. I've, I've heard Daniel Bryan say that, too. Um, but, you, you know, I mean, wh- what do you think about it, Tavon? Could you see Daniel Bryan maybe coming to AEW? Oh, hey, back on um, yeah, I could definitely. Uh, I could definitely see it. Yeah, it, it it is it is a tough one. It is going to be a tough one, um, but yeah. Um, and then some other WWE news. Uh, WWE is interested in bringing back Braun Strowman. Um, you know this is this is kind of a little. I'm not going to say it's not unusual, but but it's to bizarre. you, t- well, 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 I know that the reason that it's just being rumored now is because there was new merchandise that was surprisingly dropped on WWE's shop this week. So, of course, that raises questions as if Braun Strowman has resigned or, you know, maybe maybe he still has, you know, just a, a contract deal just for the merchandise. You, you don't know. I, I, would, I wouldn't be shocked if Braun Strowman did sign back to WWE because, you know, he was pushed. They still will push him. And I don't feel that Braun is, you know, I, I feel like even if he did come to AEW... I don't feel that he's going to be as impactful as what people would think because there's so many guys now there in WWE, uh, sorry, in AEW that is just now, like, I, I don't know, like, but but if, if you saw, could you see Braun Strowman being back in WWE or do you, or do you want to see him in AEW, Tavon? Um, I'll, I would love to see him come back to WWE, honestly. I I I I I I wouldn't care either way. Um, it wouldn't make a difference to me. Um, um, and then how about this here, Thunder Rosa, now officially part of AEW. Um, she had a buyout agreement with the NWA contract that she had. Uh, it, it was initially rejected July first, despite her deal running out at the end of the year. So now she's now officially part of AEW full-time and more than likely is going to get that big push. So, Tavon, what's your thoughts on that? Um, it's good for AEW. Um, um, I, um, I'm pretty much um, happy for um, Thunder Rosa. She gets to be a part of AEW officially. So there's that. Yeah, um, 
And then how about this year, though, for the um, – if I, I don't know if you saw Impact Thursday, but it was announced that Deanna Perrazzo will defend her Impact Knockout title at NWA Empowered. Um, so I, I don't know if it's going to be against Mickey James, though. Um, but 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 um, – and then, of course, on that same Impact um, or, or in the spoilers, I don't know if, if that happened, on, but – Brian Myers, the former Kurt Hawkins, is now the number one contender to Kenny Omega's Impact Championship. Hmm. Um, uh, what, what are your thoughts on that? Th- this is probably, like, the weirdest one I've seen. Oh, um, what? Oh, go ahead. No, no, go, no, no, go ahead. Oh. go ahead. oh, my thoughts about it, um, I mean, man, um, I just pretty much have to say, I mean... It's honestly a huge jump from Brian's career, honestly, because when you look back from his career, you think of the Edgehead, Edgeheads, and him as Kurt Hawkins. Yeah, that long losing, that longest losing streak ever, ever gimmick, it, it kinda, it kinda made, yeah, it definitely made made him foolish as Kurt Hawkins. I mean, they they really just didn't care about him. But, yeah, from that, and then you go back to WrestleMania 35 two years ago when that streak finally broke, and that was an awesome moment. And ever since, I mean, even though the streak was broken, he was still relatively just a mid-carder and a tag team wrestler at best. And now... With him being in Impact, he's pretty much Brian. Brian, he's pretty much doing pretty well for himself. I mean, he's he's he has his own gimmick. He he even he, he I I may not have necessarily seen Brian that much, but I'll I'll say it from from here. I I think Brian Brian's promos in Impact are way better. Than when he was in WWE. I mean, he has good promos. They're they're decent, and the fact where he gets uh, he's growing more more by himself. I mean, it's it's pretty cool. Yeah, I mean, I I I, I think that this is very weird. I, I honestly would have had Chris Saban win the Battle Royal. Um, because he did beat Moose, or, or just gave Moose another title match, but Brian Myers is probably like the most shocking challenger because both of them are going to be heels, and I guess Brian Myers on TV will now get pushed as babyface to face Kenny Omega. But um, I, I keep saying this here all the time, though. You know, Kenny Omega is the Impact champion, and they book him like like Brock Lesnar, you know, and everything like that on Impact, but. I mean, they're going to really have to push Brian Myers as a tough challenger because, you know, or you're that, you're that. They're just being very lazy about their booking. And I think that was just, I think that's just very, very weird. Um, Britt Baker suffered a broken wrist on um, Dynamite Wednesday against Nyla Rose. Um, she said on Twitter that she's not taking no time off in either. Um, man, I'll tell you what, AEW's got a lot of injuries. They really do, and yeah, this this is another this is another injury that you know um you you know I I don't I, I know that she's not taking her time off, but I don't see her working every show match. I mean, 
I mean, and I don't think she should work every show match. You know, I, I don't think there's no reason to further that injury. But uh, w- what's your thoughts, Tavon, though, on that? Um, yeah, um, it's pretty tough for Britt Breaker, honestly. Yeah, all these injuries in AEW. I mean, I know, I know, injuries pretty much happen. They pretty much come and go. But man. I, I really have to say, EW's injuries, they're really piling up from Red Velvet to Rebel and pretty much now to Baker. It's it's kind of bizarre. Yeah, Kenny Omega's dealing with a lot of injuries himself. Oh, yeah, and Kenny Omega. Yeah, definitely. Um, Who else is dealing with injuries on the men's side? There, There's a lot of other people that are dealing with injuries, too, on the men's side, and I mean, I mean, because but but you know they're they're working, but they're working a, a crazy pace though. They are working a crazy pace, um, mm-hmm. you know. And it, to me, I think their injuries pile up to where ECW was, but I don't think no one's ever going to give the credit right there to that because, um, you know, I don't think no one's going to say anything about that. I, I just don't think no one will. Um. But but you know I, I I think I think that like you know because when you look at ECW in the nineties you know they they were they were different innovation and you know they try to make everybody you know happy try to make the fans like really hardcore and everything and yeah and, like and, and from you, the RVD icons documentary you um you look at that I I didn't necessarily see the whole thing but I saw a little of it you you get to the part where Paul Heyman says that in order that. If if their shows were necessarily not that good, they have Wob Van Dam main main event main event the show to send the fans home happy. They do, yeah. Um, and, and then don't forget the Dudley Boys too. You know the tables. You mm-hmm. know, you know. I mean, and don't forget New Jack. You know, I mean. So so they had people that, but but working that kind of crazy pace and you know trying to do the trying to just break the internet, you know, that, that it's going to break you, you know, and uh, definitely, definitely wish um, Britt Baker speedy recovery though. You know, Hey, I will mm-hmm. say this year though. She's not, she's not technically the, um, you know, remember Adam Cole did technically suffer a broken wrist himself. And NXT was uh, on TV at the beginning of October in 2019. And he mm-hmm. worked and he worked the entire time with a broken wrist. So mm. it's not, it's not like it, you can't work it. It's, it's just, it's just a tougher rehab. That's, that's what I would say. A tougher, tougher rehab. Yeah. Um, but anyways, now we're going to go ahead and just take it to NXT this week. Um, Tavon, what did you think of this week's NXT? Um, NXT was rather, it was, it was rather solid. I'll say it was solid. Yeah. Solid show. But outside, but they really didn't do much with the Samoa Joe carrying cross storyline. Yeah, that was they basically and, because here's the thing, Zach. When when um when the camera was pander was panning towards cross to the to the bottom, I was about to say, oh, so this is why they pretty much had Jeff Hardy win because carrying cross attack J- Jeff Hardy pretty much the show carrying cross. To show Joe what um Cross is capable. Oh wait, no, it's it's William Regal. So basically, Karrion Cross is the same dominant guy 
Well, why? Well, in that case, well, 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 sure. Well, yeah. Thanks for um pretty much having him pretty much lose to Jeff Hardy in minutes in front of televised millions. And and it and that did so cold for that show because they had no explanation for that. They really didn't have any explanation. You heard um, Samoa Joe just say to William Regal, "Did you know Karrion Cross was going to go up there to Raw Monday?" That that was the only like, what a way to kill your brand! What a way to yeah. just kill it! I mean, I mean, your champion, and then you ignore it. On top of that, you know, it, I could have, you know, here's how I would have booked that if they were going, if the if the whole plan was for Karrion Cross to lose Monday. Here's how I would have booked it. Just have Samoa Joe's music play, and Karrion Cross gets distracted and gets rolled up. That would have been a perfect way. Yeah, because 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 then because then you you then tell people Samoa Joe's on NXT Tuesday, you know, and then you got a reason for the storyline. You know, instead you didn't do anything. You just said, eh, "Fuck it," you know. We're just gonna kill Karrion Cross because we can and. You know, and that's it was a just, terrible idea. <laughs> a, a terrible idea for a show that doesn't even do eight hundred thousand viewers, and yeah. you know, and, and and to me, I was just, I, I, I mean, what a way to just kill that show. That that's a cold way to kill your show. But yeah, of of, of course, though, we start off NXT. Literally, the show, you know, it's Samoa Joe. He's opening the show. He marches to the ring, pissed off, um, and of course, you know. Samoa Joe has this great line. He says, "Tick tock, tick tock. Look who's come to smash your clock." <laughs> so, <laughs> so then of course William Regal then came out and interrupted Samoa Joe, saying that Joe cannot call out no superstars. And Samoa Joe said, "Correction, I was provoked." And then William Regal said, "No, you were provoked as a referee. You were not provoked in your official capacity." And I'm like, what the hell difference does it make? The match was already over that he was then the ref that he was off and he's already done. He already made the three count. So so uh bad explanation on that. So then Joe uh, of course um said to Regal that he that he was going to um handle cross and put cross uh, and you know and you know and then of course William Regal told Joe that, you know, so William Regal wanted it done peacefully and Samoa Joe said he could not guarantee things would end peacefully. Um, and then, of course, we had Bobby Fish and the NXT Cruiserweight Champion Kushida defeat Robert Strong and Tyler Rust of the Dialogue in Mind. Um, it was a solid match. Nothing to go out your way and see. Uh, Fish and Kushida won. I thought it was too early for the Diamond Mind to lose a match. Yeah, definitely. I thought the Diamond Mind was winning. I didn't expect... Fish and Kushida to win. Exactly. Um, yeah, the Million Dollar Champion L.A. Knight and Cameron Grimes arrived to the building. Of course, um, Cameron Grimes is the one driving the car, and Cameron Grimes slams the door. And then, of course, uh, Cameron Grimes has to carry all of L.A. Knight's bags. And then Drake Maverick just comes over to help. And for some reason, L.A. Knight does not want Cameron Grimes to ever get help for anything, even though it's all L.A. Knight stuff anyway. So then L.A. Knight got mad at Drake Maverick and said that no one came over here to offer you help. And then and then Grimes said that he could do it, and then Maverick said he insisted. And then L.A. Knight got mad at Drake Maverick and told him to get lost, and Maverick said he wasn't going anywhere. So a, a non-title million-dollar championship match was set for tonight. 
Um, and then, of course, we had Frankie Monet defeat J.C. Jack, J.C. Jane. There we go. Um, nothing to this match, you know. I felt J.C. Jane got too much offense into this match for for a weird name that she has. And then, of course, the match didn't mean anything neither because Mandy Rose is just out there you know, trying to. <laughs> She's laying on the table. Yeah, just, <laughs> That's just a laying mood. on the exactly just laying on the table, you know, and. And I and I guess the I guess the whole point with Frankie Monet is that like Robert Stone is going to get like killed by Jesse Kamea and Frankie Monet because Jesse Kamea was on was with Ty Valkyrie at the ring and then Robert Stone came down late so um then you had Kyle O'Reilly um you know he had a problem with what Austin Theory had said last week to him and I, I don't even know what the hell he said to him so and then of course um. Kyle O'Reilly challenged him to a match. Kyle O'Reilly cut this weird promo when he challenged oh, the match to him. Oh, yeah. It, it just sounded terrible. I was just like, man, who wrote this guy's <laughs> Yeah, that. Yeah, the moment he said thick, I was like, oh, no. <laughs> exactly. It's exactly. yeah, like, he was, why? Exactly. He was, like, he was like saying like, oh, he's like, he's like, fancy a challenge. And I'm like, this it's is like, Kyle O'Reilly. Yeah. It's like. like See, here's the thing. Here, here's the thing, sec. Because this, this is why I pretty much daydream all the time. Now, if this, if this, if that segment, if that was Kyle O'Reilly <laughs> talking, talking to Candice LeRae, all right, now we're talking. But it was to Austin Theory. It was, and then Austin Theory was more serious than Kyle O'Reilly until Johnny Gargano told Theory that you didn't help me out last week in my match with Karrion Cross, so I'm not helping you out. And then we had Wade Barrett sit down with Bronson Reed. You know, for a guy that's supposed to be going to the main roster, why did he have to lose the championship on no build? You know, they could have just had a North American championship match, like, you know, a week later. You know, they didn't have to just kill his title reign that quickly. So then Wade Barrett just asked Bronson Reed about losing the North American championship, and Reed said he was ready to step up and move forward. And then he said he was going to face Adam Cole next week on NXT. So, um, Kyle O'Reilly then defeated Austin Theory. This was a really a good match. This was probably the best match of the show. Um, you know they they had they started off early, beginning throwing strikes and chain wrestling. Th- Theory is coming into his own as a really good wrestler. There he is. He doesn't have the entrance theme. Um. You know, but he's but he's got but he's actually he's actually improving as a wrestler, really good. He, I will say that about O'Reilly. He's improving mm-hmm. as a um a, 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 not O'Reilly theory theory is definitely improving as a wrestler. Definitely um great match. So then we had NXT Women's Champion Raquel Gonzalez and Dakota Kai. They cut a promo ahead of the match between Zia Lee tonight. And Raquel Gonzalez said when she was done beating Zia Lee, there was going to be no one else to challenge her. And then you saw Dakota Kai look at Mackenzie Mitchell in disgust and then look at Raquel. So they kind of already told you that Dakota Kai was going to turn on Raquel, even though mm. even though that kind of does make sense in its own way. It does. So um, we had the Legato del Fantasma Marriott um, Madness Musical, except there was no music because Legato del Fantasma Santos Escobar said – I'm not going to play music like that. He said, He said I'm not going to be a joke. He said, I'm going to come out here instead, talk. And Santos Escobar and Isaiah Swerve Sky is going to be a great feud. Because you've got the serious Santos Escobar 
who wants to, who it, who doesn't do the dancing or the singing or the rapping. And you've got Isaiah Surf Scott who is a great rapper. He has a he has his own um, stable, and he's the North American champion. So it's a it's a tale of two coins. I like that about this view. I like that about the view. Mm-hmm. Um, and then of course, um, Hit Row came out. Isaiah Surf Scott, you know, said that he was going to make Santos his bitch. Then Escobar cussed in Spanish at Scott, and then of course the two stables just fought off in the ring. And then, of course, Hit Row, you know, dispatched the henchmen of Scott. And then Escobar was going to take this guitar and hit Isaiah over the back with it, except it did not happen because B. Fab made the save. And Isaiah Swerve Scott was then going to hit Santos with the um, guitar, but he didn't. Instead, they hit Joaquin Wilde because Joaquin Wilde came back in the ring. And he was um gu- and he was guarded by all three members of Hit Row, including B Fab with the fourth outside. And um, it was a great segment. I liked this segment. I did great segment. And it made me want to see this North American Championship match and give credit to Isaiah Storm Scott too for saying he could not beat Santos Escobar and Legado del Fantasma last year. You know because because remember Isaiah Storm Scott was going for the Cruiserweight Championship against Santos mm-hmm. Escobar, so these two have already mm-hmm. feuded at a takeover. Um. Ozzy Jones defeated Chase Young, or no, sorry, Andre Chase. Um, this this was just a match. It, I mean, this match went too long. Um, Andre Chase came out looking like a penguin. I, <laughs> I, I, I remember that. I remember that. I was just like, dude, this guy doesn't even look comfortable in his gear. And then Odyssey Jones comes out, and I mean, he, I mean, he did all the big moves, but this still took a little too long because he almost couldn't catch Andre Chase on the outside and nearly dropped Andre Chase on his head, which wouldn't have been good. Um, Pete Dunne and Oni Lorcan cut a promo on Timothy Thatcher and Tommaso Ciampa challenging them to a match, um, challenging them to a tag match that will air on Sci-Fi next week as well. And um, you had Drake Maverick defeat the Million Dollar Champion LA Knight uh, via roll-up um, with distraction by Cameron Grimes. Uh, man, I'm not a fan of I'm not a fan of that um, because I know Drake Maverick's not going to get a championship match, and the spotlight was more on Cameron Grimes and LA Knight. Um, what is your thoughts on this million? What's your thoughts on the million dollar championship now? Like they're just telling you it is a comedy title. Uh, yeah, pretty pretty much. Honestly, not necessarily that shocked. I mean. I mean, not like it's the first time <laughs> that the Million Dollar Championship was more so comedy, but yeah, it's comedy. Definitely comedy, definitely. Uh, Samoa Joe saw carrying across his car pull up to the building. Joe rushed over and forced and um, just pulled the driver out. It wasn't even cross. He pulled a hokey-dokey on Joe, and Joe left to go find him. So the match is for NXT on Sci-Fi this Tuesday. Adam Cole, Bronson Reed... Pete Dunne and Oni Lorcan versus Tommaso Champion and Timothy Thatcher, and Carmelo Hayes versus Josh Bridges. Um, NXT Women's Championship, Raquel Gonzalez defeated Zia Lee clean. Um, this was a really weird finish for some reason. The match briefly paused when Gonzalez did a senton for a near fall, and it paused with the referees and trainers checking on Zia Lee. So I don't know if Zia Lee was injured because I haven't heard anything, but... 
um, I, I did not know. Um, but all I know was they, they, they immediately went right to the finish, and Gonzalez choked her out with the powerbomb slam. And then, of course, we had Samoa Joe call out Karrion Cross again. And Samoa Joe told him to come out and play. Joe yelled on his mic, Where, oh, where is my young champion? <laughs> Samoa Joe cut the best promos of the night on NXT. And then we saw Karrion Cross then um, just have just have a camera phone, basically, or a camera, and just say that, you know, that he said that this was his world now. And says this is a new beginning, and and he said and he said that he and he said he can go to Raw whenever he wants, he can go to anywhere they wants. He said because Samoa is not going to stop him, and of course he puts the camera down and it's William Regal left laying on the ground. So, you know, Joe screamed out in anger as the show faded to black, and this was a good way to close out the show. But as far as the rest of the show, it didn't feel like there was much to the degree for the show. There really wasn't like you had to go out your way and see this. Hmm. Um, um, NXT spoilers for the next two weeks. So if you guys don't want to hear this later on Spotify, um, make sure to just go ahead. Well, we'll just tell you when to go ahead. Anyways. Um, so they taped the NXT's next two weeks of shows because of the Olympics taped two, two Oh five lives as well. Um, because now they're going to sci-fi, and remember, now they're going to sci-fi, and the last time they were on sci-fi for an NXT episode, they only did 100,000 viewers, so, and I don't see anybody really watching NXT on Tuesday on sci-fi, so, um, so then, of course, we opened the show, they opened with, um, Dunn and Lorcan beating Tommaso Ciampa and Timothy Thatcher, Ridge Holland returned for the first time, and they beat down Ciampa and Thatcher, of course, Holland broke his ankle um, in NXT, because remember, he was supposed to be a part of the Kings of NXT storyline with Pat McAfee's group, but that was mm-hmm. initially changed. Um, and then, um, William Regal said he was going to fire Karrion Cross for what he did. Joe came out to resign as William Regal's assistant, so he could fight Cross. and Regal agreed to the match, so they are going to have Samoa Joe versus Karrion Cross for NXT TakeOver. Um, August 22nd, inside the Capitol Wrestling Center. And Tavon, um, Samoa Joe is officially cleared hmm. to wrestle now. So, he is officially cleared now. Um, you had Carmelo Hayes um, beat Josh Bridges in that first round of the tournament. Uh, Dakota Kai um, and, and Raquel Gonzalez came to the ring. Gonzalez and Kai talked about how long Kai has hi- had her back and no one's ever taken the title. And then, of course, um, Dakota Kai attacked Raquel Gonzalez, and the crowd cheered heavily for this. So, hmm. I, I know that Raquel Gonzalez is supposed to be the babyface, but Tavon, she has not been booked as babyface. She's not. Yeah. She's not been booked. Except for that one that. time where, of course, Rhea Ripley and Bianca Belair came back to NXT. Yeah, but, yeah, but th- that was the only time. And... I mean, I know that Raquel Gonzalez is going to be the de facto babyface to WWE, but to the fans, Dakota Kai is going to get over. So, um, mm-hmm. um, then of course we had Casey Catanzaro and Caden Carter beat Frankie Monet and Jesse. Oh Kamea. wow! Um, yeah, uh, I'm pretty sure this had to do with a Robert Stone distraction or something. Um, Marcel Bartel and Fabian Eichner beat Top Dollar and Ashanti the what? Adonis. Um. 
Well, this is the re- well. They, they, you know, they actually had a good reason for this. They had Legato del Fantasma come out and um, cause Dollar and Adonis the loss. Mm, okay. So that was so that was a good reason. I like that. Adam Cole beat Bronson Reed. That was expected. Um, and and by and for what I was told in the TV tapings, um, this appeared to be Reed's farewell because um, the way they played it out. So. So this it, so this probably was his final match. Um, and then Kyle O'Reilly came out with chair shots on Cole, um, so the program would continue. On 205 Live, Kushida beat um, Ali Sterling. Um, for the NXT August 3rd, it opened with Holland, Dunn, and Lorcan in his corner, beating um, Ikemen Juro. Um, things aren't looking good for Juro here, but, you know... Um, I guess it doesn't matter because you're on 205 Live. Um, the fans, um, you know, I mean, I mean, I mean, so I mean, I, 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 I didn't hear anything good or bad about this match. So, um, Dunn talked more about Champa and Thatcher in a promo. So this program is continuing. So maybe we might get them at a takeover for a tag team match or a three on two. Um, and then of course on the second taping, it was about the Johnny Gargano. Dexter Loomis, The Way, Indy Hartwell stuff. So on this August 3rd episode, from what I've been seeing everywhere, it's not saying that The Way has broken up. But if you look at everything that's that happened on this taping, it basically tells you that The Way is broken up. Because here's what happens. Indy Hartwell had a drawing by Dexter Loomis. Johnny Gargano and Candice Ray were not happy about this. So this led to Gargano versus Loomis later in the show. And if Gargano wins, Loomis had to stay away from Hartwell. Roderick Strong pinned uh, Bobby Fish. Um, the Grizzled Young Veterans beat L.A. Knight and Cameron Grimes, but that was because L.A. Knight walked out on Cameron Grimes during the match. Ted DiBiase came out and consulted Cameron Grimes, so Ted DiBiase is now back there as a character. Um, say what you want about that. Um so then we had uh, Trey Baxter to beat Joe Gacy in the first round of the breakout tournament. Top dollar in a shot to the Giannis beat um, Legato Del Fantasma via DQ. Then Escobar interfered and um, hit Hit Row with a chair. Scott tried to make the save, but he was beaten down till Hit Row recovered. So Hit Row is the babyfaces. Um, and they were very cheered hard um, by the fans here. Hmm. Um, and then, of course, you had Cross cut a promo and Joe came out. Joe beat up several security guards and Cross bailed. The problem is with this, the fans chanted Jeff Hardy loud at Cross, <laughs> and the producer's eyes ruined the segment. Gargano <laughs> beat Loomis in a match where, of course, if Loomis lost, he had to stay away from Indy Hartwell. Well, no, not exactly, because here's how they killed their stipulation. Hartwell was upset by this and went to walk out and then ran into the ring and kissed Loomis, and the two made out together. Um, <laughs> after this was over, they redid the carrying cross Samoa Joe angle because of the, um, Jeff Hardy chance. <laughs> wow. So, 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 so as punishment to the fans, they had to stay another 30 minutes mm. after the show was over because, because you chanted Jeff Hardy. So, oh my goodness. So, wow. You know NXT, <laughs> yeah. NXT is really it's really looking like looking like the main roster. I mean, looking like Raw and SmackDown. It, and not only that, you know, you really have to redo this segment. I mean, like, you could have just edited out. 
yeah, like you did with, <laughs> yeah, like you did with, with Woman when he gets booed all the time. <laughs> exactly, and and it's a taping. That's the joke. It's a taping. It's not as if it's not as if the show was live. If the show was live, I would be I would understand why they'd be pissed off. But you can just easily pipe in NXT chants on your TV show, then you send off the show to be put on Sci-Fi on August the third. It's not as if the show was airing next week for this segment. I, I was just I, I was just stunned by this. Um, it was just, it was just like, really, like, we're going to really do that because, you know, and I, I wonder if any fans did stay for that, for that, for that segment again, because if I wouldn't have stayed, I really wouldn't have, um, <laughs> I, I really wouldn't have stayed an extra 30 minutes because they were all upset that they didn't get what they wanted. So, you know, um, oh man. WWE is a, a funny place, man. It really yeah. is. It really is a funny place. Like they got that bad for that. So, um, AEW Wednesday night. Of course, we um, opened up with um, the place singing Judas for Chris Jericho. He beat Sean Spears in ten fifty eight. Um, remember the match of the? It was the MJF Labor of Rules match because here's how this had to go. Um, because. Chairs were legal for Sean Spears to use, but not for Jericho. So the crowd was super hot for Jericho. Spears did the chair shot to the bad elbow. The crowd went nuts. Jericho did a Frankenstein off the top rope. Spears went for a chair to the head, but Jericho ducked and put him in the walls of Jericho. Tully Blanchard distracted Aubrey Edwards, who missed um, Spears' tap twice. Sammy Guevara pulled Tully Blanchard off the apron and chased um, Blanchard away. Spears landed a chair to the head, and then the C4, but Jericho kicked out. That, that's where I thought Jericho was actually going to lose, right there. And then, of course, um, Spears went for another chair shot, but Jericho shoved him off, hit the Judas effect. MJF came um, out and said that if Guevara or any other Inner Circle members helped, the match with MJF is off. So, then MJF announced that next week in Charlotte, it's going to be a no-DQ match. With someone that's the baddest, dangerous man in pro wrestling today, he once robbed a bank, Tavon, with no mask. It was Nick Gage. Yep. And even and even the commentators put over how he literally died in a match and still wanted to go fight. So, <laughs> um, so I mean, so, uh, that's going to be a great match next week. Jericho, Nick Gage, it, it, that's going to be a really great match because – and Nick Gage even came out with the pizza cutter too. Like, like he basically told Jericho, "I'm going to stab you." Like, <laughs> I like that. I, I like that. De- definitely a good, definitely a good one. Um, and then the cr- and the crowd really did pop huge for this. From, from uh, there were some people there that went to the show, and th- there were some people that didn't like you. Like, uh, according to everybody that went there, if you were not in the first five rows, then you didn't chant Nick Gage because you did not know who he was. So. Um, but on TV, it made it come off like everyone was cheering, so I don't know. Um, then we had Miro do an interview saying he was going to be defending the TNT Championship in two weeks. Um, and, and that'll be back at Daly's Place. Doc Gallows beat Frankie Kazarian in 627. This match really wasn't nothing, um, because Carl Anderson kept interfering, and Gallows won with a tree slam. You know, I like Frankie Kazarian's gimmick, I really do. 
but they got to get Frankie Kazarian to beat some of these elite members because he can't just be calling himself the elite hunter. And all he does is just, I mean, he's not even costing in the elite matches because the elite still win most of their matches every time he gets involved. So I, I think Frankie Kazarian, like if I'm Frankie Kazarian, I'm, I'm pissed off by the booking because you keep calling me elite hunter and you're not beating any of the elite matches. So, um, and I, and, and I don't know if he's beaten any of them on the dark shows or not, but even if he did, that's only Micah Nakazawa and Brandon Cutler. That's not really elite members. Um, and then right after the match, Kenny Omega came out with a forehead all bandaged up from that Sammy Callahan match. Gallus and Anderson were holding um, Kazarian for Omega. And then Hangman Page came out. Don Callis told Hangman, he said, he said, I don't know if you're drunk or stupid. He said, but there's four of you, there's four of us and one of you. So then um, Hangman put the drink in Callis's head and, and then started just beating up on Gallus and Anderson. And then, of course, all the Dark Order came out and made the save. And next week, Tavon, we're getting the five-on-five match in Charlotte, elimination, um, Dark Order, and Hangman versus Kenny Omega and the Elite. So... Should be a great should be a great show next week. Um, Brian Cage did an interview with Dasha Gonzalez, um, who hasn't been on TV in a very long time. Dasha Gonzalez actually hasn't. So, um, but they showed a taped interview of Taz, Hook, and Ricky Starks and Powerhouse Hobbs, just saying they were going to have a title celebration for next weekend. Brian Cage basically said, "I'm going to interrupt it." So, Darby Allen pinned Wheeler Yuta four minutes. Really wasn't nothing to this match. They just did big spots, big spots. And the only memorable thing about this match was the interaction between Orange Cassidy and Sting because they both stared at each other. They both gave each other kicks. One super kick and then Sting mocked <laughs> Orange Cassidy with the with the fake gorilla pose. So like I, I like that. I did like that and uh, it was a it was a match. A good uh, you know, for the match itself for four minutes, you you wouldn't be upset by it, but it was more about the Sting and Orange Cassidy. <laughs> um, Britt Baker beat Nyla Rose to keep her um, AEW Women's Championship, and you know this match at first didn't start out good, and and then it but it got better as the match went along, and it really got good when there was supposed to be this three count, and the ref said it was two, and then the crowd just chants bullshit because they're really into Britt Baker, and then they <laughs> did the Eddie Guerrero spot where where uh, they had. Rebel throw the belt in the ring, and um, they gave it to Nyla, and Nyla had, and Britt Baker sold it like she was down, and then, yeah, Vicky Guerrero grabbed the referee's <laughs> foot, and then Nyla throws the belt back at uh, Britt, and Nyla's on her knees saying, don't hit me with it, and the ref is like, hey, what are you doing with that belt? <laughs> so I like that. That was, cute, that was cute spots right there. Um, and they gave, they gave Britt Baker a big victory. She won via submission, too, so... Um, and then, of course, um, we had a, a brief press conference with Santana Ortiz versus FTR next week in Charlotte. Now, now agree, Dax, Hardwell, Dax, Dax Hardwood and Cash Wheeler are not from Charlotte, North Carolina, but they do live in Nashville, North Carolina. And in AEW, yeah. the, the hometown guys always win. They always win in their hometown. They're not going to do what they did easily in Texas. They're not doing that, but they're. But I, I'm. I'm not going to be shocked when, when um, FTR wins. Um, definitely will not be. Um, 
and then and then of course and, and I like the promos that these two cut because you know Dax Hardwood and Cash Wheeler said we respect these guys as wrestlers we just don't like them as human beings and then we and then of course I, I loved when Dax Hardwood said like he said the he said a great line here he said he said he said I was put on this earth to be a wrestler fight for my family make money and beat these two guys' asses <laughs> and, the, and the, everybody was going crazy so. So I like that, and then and then of course we then had um, this. This is like a really weird segment here. Andrade came out with no Vicky Guerrero, but he's got this guy now with him that I don't know what this guy's supposed to be. I guess he's supposed to be like the tailor. And then he said he had a big surprise, and it's Chavo Guerrero, and he got a big pop. He did because it's Texas. Um. But this felt reminiscent of, like, a Chavo Guerrero TNA debut. You know, <laughs> Chavo Guerrero cut a total babyface interview. So so here's the plan now, Tavon. Vicky Guerrero is no longer going to be a manager to Andrade. Yeah. It's Chavo Guerrero. And this is weird because I don't – there's nothing wrong Vicky Guerrero did. It wasn't like she did anything wrong. I'm like – but I, I, I guess Tony Khan wanted this decision. You know we have too many managers in AEW now, right? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, yeah, we have way too many fucking managers. We, we, like, my goodness, they, we don't need this many managers. We, we really don't need that many. You know, I get, I get why they do it, but I'm not a fan of it. I'm not a fan of too many managers. I, it's if it was my company, uh, it wouldn't happen. It, it just wouldn't happen. So, um, but anyways. Then Andrade wanted to recruit Penta and Ray Felix. So, so Tavon, Tavon, I got to ask you this question here because because you might be able to help me more than this, okay? We okay. know Penta has Alex Abrahantes. Mm-hmm. Does that mean Andrade wants Alex Abrahantes too? Mm-hmm. Because, yeah. because we all know he doesn't want Pac. Because he feels that Pac is, you know, just using these guys, and Pac says that they're family, and and, and if anything, I just don't think the Death Triangle, you know, I, I'm not going to say that Pac uses them because one, he's always having to quarantine. So if anything, this really is never a stable that's here full time. They're just not a stable that's ever there full time. Of course, um, uh, but then of course, you know, Penta said, "Why would we want to be in your group when you're not even on our level?" And then Penta, you know, and, and then Pac, and so yeah. So I mean, it was a segment. It was. Um, and then they showed a clip from earlier with Matt Hardy and Private Party, and then Helico beating up Marco Stunt. So Jungle Boy, Luchasaurus, and um, Christian made the save. And Christian said that he thought that this was already over with. So he said next week we're gonna have six man tag, which should be good. Um, of course, the reason Matt Hardy's not there is because his wife just gave birth to a kid. So. And, and and I don't know if you ever saw BTE this past week, Tavon, but on BTE, they announced um, why Matt Hardy lost to Christian. Matt Hardy cut a promo on there, and this is what he said, okay? He said the reason that he lost to Christian was because he had no sleep. <laughs> he said, he said I had no sleep. He said, he said, and my wife just given birth to a kid. He said, I was dead tired. He said, how can anyone even judge me for this? So um, then we had Alex Marvez, who was with QT Marshall, Nick Camarado, and Aaron Solo. 
And Alex Marvez said, "Don't you think you owe Q, um, don't you think you owe Tony Schiavone an apology?" And Marshall said that next week he'll give him an apology in the ring. So this will probably set up QT Marshall getting beat up by Tony Schiavone. Um, <laughs> it, it, it just it just already just sounds like they're trying to set up for that. I'm like I'm like, how are you like like that like like why would you even want to go out there? Like why would you even want to like that 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 would just be that would just be like the worst way to ever do something like that like. And then even Tony Schiavone said on commentary, like, I guess I'll go to the ring next week. I'm like, you don't really have to, <laughs> but okay. <laughs> so then we had Orange Cassidy beat Blade. Man, this match was not good. And it was not good because Blade did a fake injury spot, and this crowd got pissed off because they knew it was fake. <laughs> they, and I don't blame them. I even fast-forward this match because I did not want to see this match. I, I only saw the last minute. And it was because Orange Cassidy did the beach break, was way too slow to cover, Blade kicked out, and then Bunny threw in brass knucks. Blade got them, but Orange hit the orange punch and got the pin. But I hate this match because because <laughs> because I don't like the injury spots and it's just like man, like that like so like they it was a bad way. It was just a bad just yeah. a bad one. Um And then our main event was the Lance Archer beating John Moxley in the Texas death match. For the IWGP United States Championship, thirteen twenty three, these guys got, and this was a four star classic. Tavon, these men killed mm-hmm. each other. They wanted to kill yeah. each other. You had Lance Archer punch a trash can, literally that Moxley was throwing at him. Um, what else did you have? You also had um, Archer, you know, getting stabbed with a fork, then stabbing Moxley with the fork, then throwing Moxley into um just the throwing him into the barbed wire um with two tables wow so that was this this was literally like a crazy match this was a crazy match these men wanted to go out there and kill each other of course after the match um hikaleo from new japan was shown in the stands earlier a few times and they got in the ring with ants archer and hikaleo was taller than ranch archer um but Mm. next week Hikaleo is getting an IWGP United States Championship match against Archer. So, should be a great match. Um, SmackDown Friday. Um, it, this was a really, this was a show that was okay. I didn't think it was better than most SmackDown shows I've seen. I felt like this is like the show where the fans kind of went back to normal in its own way. I really did. Um, because yeah. it, John Cena came out. Start off SmackDown, got a massive reaction, like always. He mentioned returning from um, the alternate universe of the Firefly Funhouse <laughs> and stealing Peacemaker costumes. So I was like, ah, oh, then. I said, at least he made up something about that. And then, and then he, you know, was trying to give Cleveland credit on the new name that because the Cleveland <laughs> Indians are changing their name to the Guardians <laughs> next year. And the fans booed that. They were just like, no, like, we're not showing that shit. <laughs> fuck you. Like, fuck you. So then. The segment got great when Paul Heyman came out and Paul Heyman said that Roman Reigns is not going to acknowledge you. He said, but I will come out here and acknowledge you. And then Paul Heyman literally ends the segment singing John Cena's theme. So, <laughs> uh, Paul Heyman, yeah, yeah, I'll say this. I mean, I mean, you could argue that there are managers as as great as great as Paul Heyman, but I'm pretty much saying this. I mean, Paul Heyman 
I mean, he's he's pretty much he's pretty much the goat. He's just he's <laughs> he's just he's just great, man. He really is. He really is. You know, great in his role, and you know he he made he made him he he made him laugh. I I, I mean I mean he made the crowd laugh. He made me laugh. Um, um, yeah, it was had, funny. It was. And then you had Finn Balor beat Sami Zayn in nine minutes. Uh, good match. Crowd was hot for that. You know, and they didn't open up SmackDown with a tag team match. So that's I like that. Um, Balor won with the Coupe de Gras. In the back, Caleb Braxton interviewed Baron Corbin. He noted that, that um, the guy that made the GoFundMe for Baron Corbin stole his money and his identity. So now he's officially homeless. He's having to take the bus to work. Um, this, you know, this segment, you know, these segments suck, Tavon. They really do. You know, like, I, 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 I I, I I'm laughing a little bit, but I'm not really laughing at all because I'm like I'm like you really work for the for this four billion dollar company and you don't have twenty dollars. Mm. So then we had a Big E segment, um, but that was interrupted because of course Apollo, um, you know, came out and I thought we were gonna get another Apollo Big E match. I really did, and then thank goodness like Dolph Ziggler and Robert Roode interrupted them. And then, of course, Rick Boogs came out with Shinsuke, and they interrupted. So, um, and then, of course, Cesaro said that there was enough talking, and it was so you know it, it you know, um, and then Cesaro said that there was no talking in swing time in Cleveland. And the fans gave Cesaro a big reaction. Everyone started to brawl in the ring. Aziz tried to choke slam Nakamura and Cesaro. The faces broke free, so the baby faces walked away standing tall. So, after all that Cesaro went through, Cesaro's back, you know, as a real mid-carder. He's just back as a lower mid-carder, and yeah. Um, we then got two matches from the lo- Rolling Loud in Miami. I did not appreciate any of these matches. And I don't even feel like the crowd really cared about these matches. Yeah, unfortunately, yeah, the crowd really didn't care. <laughs> they really wanted to see Playboy Cardi, man. <laughs> they, they they did they they want they want they didn't even care about Wale. I mean, like poor Wale didn't even have anything to like. Because, I mean, what? I mean, Wale tried his best, man. He he did, but I don't ever hear anyone say that. Like like when people think of Wale, people do not think Wale is better than Jay Cole or any of these guys. So that's why I was just like, like, and then you can literally see like Angelo Dawkins beat Chad Gable in three fifty eight, and you can literally see there are people like in the crowd that were not even looking at this match. Bianca <laughs> Belair defeated Carmella in like under five minutes. And, you know, the crowd actually, you know, did chant for Bianca a little bit and they did, you know, like that she won, but they didn't do anything during the match. So, and then thank goodness we were back in Cleveland. Cause I was like, Oh, thank God we don't have to look at this no more. So Kevin Owens was speaking with Shotzi and Knotts because their, their take missile is like literally like stuck. So Baron Corbin approached Kevin Owens tried to apologize for being a jerk. And then Owens said that, well, you've been a jerk for seven years. He said, no one's not going to feel sorry for you. So then Owens gave this dude $40. And then he got a tank literally hit in his nuts. And <laughs> then and then Dolph Ziggler and Robert Roode came and stole the 40 bucks. <laughs> so, um, yeah. I, I, it was a funny segment. <laughs> I was like, I was like, you know what, man? I'm like, yeah, this was pretty funny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm liking, I'm liking this. I'm liking this whole thing with Kevin Owens and 
and um Baron Corbin. Yeah, let's let's make them a tag team. Yeah, let's do oh, that. Oh, good God, Tavon. Oh, good God. <laughs> oh, Tavon. I'm not agreeing with that one yet. But yeah, but yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm sorry about that. It's like, I mean, you know, it, it's kind of you know, interesting, though. <laughs> it, it would make it interesting. But you know what I do agree with, though? This next segment was probably the best segment of the show. It's Edge's return. He's back in the ring with a massive pop. They recap Seth Rollins costing Edge the Universal Championship. And the fans were going crazy for Edge. Edge noted that he's learned from the evilest minds. He, he said he mentioned he was in the Broad, the Ministry of Darkness. The fans popped meant, The fans popped hard for that Ministry of Darkness line. And then Seth Rollins interrupted. He called Edge Grandpa. He mocked him. He, Edge told him to shut up and not come to the ring face-to-face. And just told him to come to the ring face-to-face, and he promised he would not attack him. And Rollins noted, he said, he said you know, I was going to come out here and say, how much I hate this city. I was going to come out and say how I hate people like you and John Cena for always returning and cutting the line. Instead, he said, I, instead he thrilled that Grandpa Edge is in the ring. He called Edge a scumbag and admitted that nothing would make him happier than cut, cut, crushing Edge's dreams. Rollins then got serious and said, but if you keep pushing me and pushing me and pushing me, I won't have no choice but to pull that trigger and send your ass home. So, and Rollins got serious, <laughs> and I was like, yeah, now this is a great promo. And then Edge got pissed off, and Edge said, you know what I said I wasn't going to attack you, but now I'm going to whip your ass. So then Edge, so then Edge <laughs> just whooped Seth Rollins' ass, gave him a DDT, was going to give him a spear, but didn't do that. And Great segment. I loved it. Tony Storm mm-hmm. defeated Selena Vega, 235. Um, it's pretty much safe to say Selena Vega's not doing anything on the main roster anymore. Yeah, and Tony Storm, pretty much. And Tony Storm had a fine match. Uh, nothing to go out your way to see. Um, Jimmy Uso defeated Dominic Mysterio. Um, this is pretty much setting up, you know, for SummerSlam where they will, you know, face off again for the SmackDown Tag Team titles. So, Jimmy Uso defeated Dominic. Good fun match. Nothing, nothing too out of the way. I will say one thing about Dominic Mysterio. For a guy that has had no, like, like he, he doesn't have the experience of these guys in the ring, of Jimmy and Jay or his dad. But with the training that he's got, and pretty much his first match was during the pandemic. Dominic, Dominic holds his own. He really does hold his own for mm-hmm. matches. Um, Remus, uh, then we had Roman Reigns make his entrance and pose with the Usos on the ramp. So that was five minutes. And then we had Roman Reigns answer John Cena. Reigns' segment was awesome here. Yes, it was. It, you had Reigns and the fans were awesome in the segment. How, however, Cena seemed disappointed. It disappeared and didn't even care about Roman Reigns turning down his challenge. Like I thought John Cena was going to come out, but he didn't <laughs> do any of that. So I was just like, okay, well, why do you even want this match with Roman if you're not even going to stay for the show? <laughs> like, So then the fans... We're breaking out what chance for Roman Reigns. And then Roman just went in on John. He's like, you know, I'm going to get these motherfuckers to get me to fucking, you know, because 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 Roman is not dealing with um, what chance he just wasn't. So Roman said, <laughs> he said, he said, he said, he said, you know, I thought that we were going to get a fresh new coat of paint, John Cena. He said, instead, we got the same old gear, the same <laughs> old entrance, the same old run. 
He said, you can go on Google and just look up John Cena 2005. He said, it doesn't even change. <laughs> He said, so he said, Nasina is just a nostalgia act. It's the same thing over and over. It's doing missionary every single <laughs> night. And then the fans just started going crazy. They went from what to then That was just and so, that was, funny. Was, just, that was, was really, like, oh. really funny. <laughs> I was just like, oh, I said, what the hell? Like, so like, then Reigns, like here's the thing, Zach. I literally had to Google missionary position in order to find out what that was. <laughs> oh my God. Oh. Uh, I will say this here though, Reigns, he he got this crowd back on him. He got he got the heat on him. I, I you know give credit to Roman. Pat McAfee is literally laughing his ass off on commentary. Like I like you're not supposed to be hearing commentators laugh, and Pat and poor Pat McAfee is like like snickering so hard because he knows <laughs> he's not supposed to be laughing. And oh my god! So then, so then Reigns said that he doesn't want to see John Cena because he said his answer is no. And then the fans started booing, and then suddenly Finn Bauer's music hits, and Rain said, my special counsel told me that you want to come out here and acknowledge me. And Bauer said, I'm not doing that. He said, I want to match with you. And, and then you hear the chance of Roman scared, and then Roman <laughs> was just like, he said, you're on. So I don't know if we're getting Reigns and Bauer at SummerSlam or Reigns and Bauer next week on SmackDown, because they didn't tell mm. me that. They just they just left it off with that cliffhanger like, okay, you'll find out, and then you find out. So, yeah. Oh, man. And then, of course, um, now we're getting into the NBA stuff. The Phoenix Suns did lose to Milwaukee Bucks Tuesday night. The Bucks did win the NBA championship. Congratulations mm-hmm. to them. They won 105-98. to Tavon, it's... You know, the Milwaukee Bucks, they, they're the 2021 NBA champions. Giannis Adenokounmpo wins his first mm-hmm. NBA championship. He had 50 points in, in the closeout game, in game yep. six at home. Um, 50 points, 50 years. Exactly. And give credit to Giannis right there. Give credit to him and give credit to, you know, the Bucks. You know, I will say this here, though, Tavon. Man, when Giannis won this championship, I did not hear any good things, like, off the bat. I didn't because – because here's what I heard. They were like, is Giannis a hooper or a basketball <laughs> player? And I'm like, oh, what the man. fuck is the difference if he's a hooper or a basketball player? I'm like, like you know you know how long I've been on this earth and I've heard motherfuckers like just like that doesn't even make sense like right there. You know, like, like so so now over the past few days, you know, we've heard nothing like like unless you are a NBA fan Unless you are a true diehard NBA fan and you were cheering for the Milwaukee Bucks and you've been watching the Bucks and everything like that, you know, then then you, then you know you got then you then you've been you know just you haven't really been paying attention to this. But when you look at this here, though, I mean, like I had to hear throughout the whole week, what is a hooper different from a basketball <laughs> player? There's really not a fucking difference, you know. I've been on this earth for all these years, um. There was a catch to, you know, I've never ever had anyone ever tell me, ever, in my life, um, you know, like, you know, I've never even had these conversations for it. Like, like, okay, like, like, here's, like, here's, like, here's, like, I understand why people, you know, may think that this is a conversational topic, but it's not a conversational topic. Because if you're in the NBA, you're automatically a hooper, technically. Because you had to get there by hooping, 
You had to at least be something, even if you're not great in the NBA's level, you still had to be at least a hooper to someone's eyes. You had to be. But my goodness, like I've never heard anyone like these were just some weird conversations. I, I, I've I've been avoiding all these green room shows this week because I want the NBA draft and everything to be done, and then you know I can come on some more shows maybe. But I'm not going to be going on shows and discussing definitions of a hooper and a basketball player and all this. I'm not discussing that. Um, but shout out to Giannis Adenokounmpo as well. 17 of 19 from the free throw line in his game six closeout too. So Giannis was hooping hard. Um, however, for 2021 championship favorites or 2022 championship championship favorites, Tava, Tava, I don't see, I don't see the Bucks repeating as champions, and I don't see the Suns coming back. Yeah, I, I, I pretty much don't. Um, but but I'm not but I'm not trying to insult neither team because I know that both of them did great this year. They did, and I'm not going to, and we're not going to do that. Well, it had you know had everybody not been injured, that I don't feel because because if you do that, then you might as well put an asterisk on the championships for the for the next twenty years. You might as well just do that. Um, and, and and shout out to the Bucks too, Tavon, because when you think about it, in twenty eleven the Dallas Mavericks won the NBA championship and they beat LeBron mm-hmm. in Miami, and Milwaukee did as well with only one star. It was really a one-star, like, it's like one superstar. Giannis Adenokounmpo is one superstar. You know, yeah. Chris Middleton was not seen as a star, and Drew Holiday was nowhere near seen as a star. And for Dallas, the big superstar was Dirk Nowitzki in 2011. So, um, mm-hmm. championship champion, um, 2022 NBA title favorites, the Brooklyn Nets are the favorite at plus 225. Lakers are 4-1 to one odds. The Bucks are third at 9-1 to one odds. Fourth are the Warriors, 10-1. to one. Suns are fifteen to one, but I've seen some places where they're at twenty to one. Jazz eighteen to one. Seventy sixers are eighteen to one, and the Clippers are twenty to one. However, that could change if, because Kawhi Leonard didn't has not accepted his player option yet. So if Kawhi Leonard were to leave the Clippers, that actually could go down to like thirty five to one or maybe fifty to one. So, um, mm. but 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 I don't see either team repeating champions, and I don't see either team getting back to the finals. Chris Paul is thirty seven. He's going to be 38 when 2022 comes around. He's not going to be that type of guy that's going to be able to. I think this is like Chris Paul's like real last big hurrah in the playoffs. You know, I do feel that now Devin Booker is going to have to be the guy that's going to have to carry them back to the championship. And and that's going to have to be um, because Paul, you know, really got quiet these last couple of games in the finals. He did not do anything special and he was not playing the best basketball that he could have been playing. You know, yes, he did have 11. Yes, he was 11 to 19 with 26 points. But if you looked at his previous two games where Devin Booker was dropping 40 and 50, you would you would not be saying that. Um, but the Bucks, I feel the same way too. Drew Holiday, I, I've said, is not the point guard of the future. He's really not. He was four of 19. He was two of seven with 12 points in this finals game. Middleton was six of 13, 17 points. Brooke Lopez was five of 10 with 10 points. Um, Bobby Portis could be a guy that they keep around, um, or be paying a lot of money to, but I wouldn't, um, I wouldn't bring back Bobby Portis, but that's, that's my opinion. But Tavon, when you look at the 2022 NBA championship favorites, who do you feel could win the NBA championship next year? If everybody's healthy and everything. Ooh, if everybody is healthy. 
Well, if the Lakers don't necessarily make any good moves this offseason, I suppose the Nets will win it. True. True. Um, and, and, and Tavon, there has been rumors now that the Lakers are personally looking into, you know, bringing in a Russell Westbrook or mm. Kyle Lowry. Spencer Dimwittle has been on Lakers talk for because Lakers do need a point guard. They're not bringing back Dennis Schroeder. We already know that they're not bringing back Schroeder at all. Hmm. Um, and Russell Westbrook could be a trade valuable piece. They could trade for Damian Lillard. Uh, Kyle Kuzma more than likely will not be a Laker next year. Um, but I don't. But I don't know if Westbrook fits the Lakers system. I mean, he might. But I. But and Kyle Lowry, I don't see coming to the Lakers. And and the, and the fourth and final option for the Lakers is they could trade to get back Lonzo Ball because they would only be paying Lonzo Ball less than any other point guard. However, that's mm. the last case option in case they don't have no one else. That's what that's what that would option would be. It's not as if like oh well you know you're going to do this. So, but I do say the Brooklyn Nets are still the NBA final NBA final favorites because really when you think about it, Tavon, they had the Bucks on the ropes. They beat them by 49 in Game 2. They nearly beat Milwaukee mm-hmm. in Game 7. Uh, game 5, they came back, and Kevin Durant had that 49-17-10 game. So I I can't say, you know, I cannot honestly say that, why, why isn't Brooklyn shouldn't be the favorite? Because if Brooklyn builds a team around Kevin Durant, Kyrie, and James Harden, where you're able to have another guy that can come on the floor in case any of those guys get injured. Because we know that Kevin Durant, Kyrie, and Harden are not going to be playing an 82-game season next year. With Durant in the Olympics, with Harden and Kyrie, they're probably not going to be playing all these games full-time. So so definitely. Um, I, I definitely see that. Definitely. Um and and that and that should definitely and that should definitely be the big thing. That definitely should be. So I I, I, I will say this here, though, um, now, Tavon, have you seen what's been going on in college football? Uh, I haven't. Okay, well, in college football, you know, this is now becoming a really weird thing now in the sport because I did not know that you could just do this whenever you get sick of a conference all of a sudden. <laughs> <laughs> so so here's what happens. The, in the Big 12, because now they're going to be going to the Big 10, and we already have a conference that's called the Big 10, so here's what's wrong with this now. In the Big 12, Oklahoma and who was the other team that was supposed to be? Okay, Oklahoma and Texas. They are Big 12 teams. They are now set, they've already told the Big 10 conference committee that next week they are leaving, and by the and by in three four weeks, Tavon they will officially be going to the SEC all of a sudden. Mm. So, so and, and here's the problem about the SEC. It gets even more funnier because, Tavon, here's what's getting more funnier. The SEC, there's only, there's only been two teams so far that does not want Texas and Oklahoma. Um, but here's what happens. Now the SEC are looking to probably become a 20-team conference probably by next year Mm. i know so so apparently clemson who is the acc's leader could be coming there were other teams that's been rumored to be mentioned um 
I'm very weird about this. I, I, I don't know whether I should be happy or pissed or what. Because, in my opinion, you know, you've now got 20 teams that could, that all are trying to come to the SEC. No one's not trying to go to the ACC or anything like that. You know, and, I, and I've always and, – and I'm, and I'm an ACC guy because, you know, I live in North Carolina and Clemson literally is in South Carolina. So here's the other teams that SEC are in serious contact with. They're also in serious contact with Ohio State from the Big Ten, <laughs> Michigan – uh, Clipson and Florida State, uh, Oklahoma <laughs> and Texas are just a start. So, you know, Ohio State. I, if I were them, I would. If I were Ohio State, I was like, why would I leave a great conference where I win games automatically? Because let's be honest, Michigan's never going to beat Ohio State. They're never going to beat Ohio State. <laughs> They're never beating Ohio State in football. Um, despite the fact how many times Jim Harbaugh can come up to a podium and be like, well, you know, we're, we're going to beat them this year. No, you're not beating them. So. <laughs> You know, 20 teams, I mean, now for this mega SEC schools, I just I just feel like that this is not a good look for college football. You know, I like Texas and Oklahoma are literally leaving, you know, the Big 12 to go, and now they're going to technically be another Big 10 conference because you don't have 12 conference teams. Uh, TCU is supposedly rumored to want to be leaving to go to the ACC. Which is kind of funny in its own way, Tabo, because in the in the ACC they still would not be considered the favorite because of Clemson, and they would technically be the second best ACC team. And being the second best ACC team in college football, Tavon is nine and three or ten and two. You're not even you're not even an eleven win team. So mm. I find this funny, but man, what is your thoughts on every college football team now? All these big powerhouse conferences they want to come down to the SEC all of a sudden. <laughs> oh, it's just, it's just funny. It's like this. It's like the SEC is like a vacation spot to go to the South because it's warm there. It, it's funny as hell, but it makes you wonder. Like, like man, like is the SEC in football like the number one place now? Because because now it really it, it really does like and, and like is it the number one place because of Alabama? Because if it's because if Alabama's not you know this successful and everything like that, are, are people still going to go because there's Georgia and there's Florida and there's LSU? Because LSU since Joe Burrow left, they've not been good. Um, you look at Georgia. Georgia is always a good nine ten win team. Florida a good eight nine ten win team. Alabama's always been seen as like the top dogs, and now it's like, and, and I just and, and it also might feel like too to me that the college football world just wants to see Alabama really see if they can actually beat these teams because to me, you know I've said here before I've I've said this here to people I don't feel Clipson if they were going to another conference, if Clemson went to the Big Ten or the Big 12 or the SEC, Clemson could not win 10 games. Because to me, I feel like Clemson has been so, so very lucky to be playing in a one-team ACC. Because even, because I know that you don't see the ACC, and that's fine. A lot of people don't. But when I watch the ACC football. It's a one-team conference. Like, Alabama has actual competition in the SEC. In the ACC, Clipson's number one challenge might be the North Carolina Tar Heels in football. That's it. They don't, like, Duke's not a challenge because Duke's a two-win football team. NC State, no. Wake Forest, no. Notre Dame was not a part of the ACC football team, but they are a part of the basketball. And, like, Notre Dame is not even a part of the ACC football team this year. 
So in its way, Clemson's only challenge was Notre Dame in the last couple of years. And I just don't feel that, to me, I don't feel like Clemson, I feel like Clemson would be so destroyed. They're, they're, they're right where they should be, a little fish in a big pond. That's where I think they are. Ohio State, to me, I think could do very well in the SEC. If, 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 if we were having to say so, I think Ohio State would be probably the second best team in college football in, in the SEC. I, I definitely be I definitely would not be shocked by that. Michigan, I don't think they would do good. I think Michigan would be an eight win team. Um, Florida State, no, I don't see. I mean, I, I understand why people would. Act, now, take, now, take on, believe it or not, Florida State actually probably has the best odds of making the SEC because mm-hmm. Florida State and Florida already feud every year. So that would be definitely more easier, and you sell more tickets. Oklahoma and Texas. I don't feel like either team is going to be a breakout team. I don't think neither team is beating Alabama. I think they could beat Georgia and Florida, but I don't see this team as. But I don't see either team as ten win teams. I don't see that. Um, but that that's just my opinion. But but you know, uh, it, it 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 is funny to now be seeing like now we could be getting a twenty team. What what would you do if there was a twenty team SEC next year in football? That would be weird wouldn't it yeah it 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 definitely would be weird and and i and i would want to know how that how that even goes like how would you even that 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 actually really weird i i i actually wouldn't mind seeing it happen but i just don't but i don't know how you could work that of course the college football playoff committee you know is you know looking to try and now make it eight teams and you know possibly 12 teams you know coming soon so that way the college football playoffs is not just a four-team thing and you know, so that's a wait and see as well in its own way. Um, and yeah, but anyway, so we're gonna go ahead and get to our 200 moment of the night. Our 200 moment of the night is sponsored by Modelo's, brewed for those with a fighting spirit. And we're going to get the um, song. Let me see. Do do. We're gonna do it with um, we're gonna do it with good drink, two chains. All right, Tavon, 200 moment of the night. All right, all right. So, speaking of um, Rolling Loud, of course, there was a special announcement after Bianca's match, and it was none other than Trey Young. He, he pretty much was on the screen announcing uh, a pay-per-view, and guess what? It's, it's a pay-per-view next year, and it's going to be on New Year's. So does that mean WWE is bringing back New Year's Revolution? Because if, if so, then that's going to be sweet. They could be. They could be. I mean, they, and I mean it's going to be in Atlanta. Wow. I know Atlanta on Saturday night, January first, twenty twenty-two. Um, and 
that that was a that was a, a big thing. I, I did not think that was actually going to be happening. I actually did not. Um, but you know, shout out to WWE. You know, WWE. You know, give them credit where it's due. You know, they did put they did get they did get who they thought could work at Rolling Loud and have a good match and. You know, they, they got the attention that they wanted. I, I don't know if it drew any big attention, though, outside of wrestling. I, I didn't see any big attention where it was drawing outside of wrestling. Um, and, and I don't think it will. Um, you know, but but wrestling, it did work, though. But, you know, but, hey, there might have been some hip-hop fans that, you know, probably thought, oh, well, hey, you know, go to Atlanta and you get a WWE pay-per-view. I mean, I, mean, I will say, for better or worse, WWE pay-per-views are really fun to watch now. And I hope they stay that way because if if, yeah. if WWE pay per views are fun to watch, um, and they are better than watching it on TV. So, yeah. Um, my 200 moment of the night, I'm gonna give to the Seattle Kraken. They are officially now a 32nd NHL franchise. They made their draft picks today. Uh, well, sorry, not their draft picks today. They made their draft picks um this past week. They they drafted in the NHL draft second overall. They. Congratulations to the Seattle Kraken. They are now officially a part of the 32nd NHL franchise. Um, you know, I, and and I'm very happy about this because the Carolina Hurricanes' Dougie Hamilton was not gone. They took Morgan Geeky from the Carolina Hurricanes. So, 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 so Tavon, I will actually be able to hear next year the teach me how to Dougie even ever. Dougie Hamilton scores a goal. So, so I actually got to give my wish. I wanted to just have Dougie Hamilton for those reasons. So I'm very happy for that. Um, I, I did say, though, that Morgan Geeky might actually be a breakout player in Seattle because when I thought about it, Tavon, like, I, I could actually see, like, Seattle fans calling him the fisherman. Like, like you know, like Gordon's fisherman, except yeah. you don't have the Gordon in it. You just have the fisherman Morgan Geeky. <laughs> and, I, and I'm like, that could work. I like that could sell. That could really sell. Like to me, I, I I would I would invest in that. I don't know if it'll work, but I I, I remember I remember I'm really good at these things because I remember I did a fight game podcast where I reviewed like the AEW show after um the revolution where Scorpio Sky won the face of the ladder match and. I asked um, John Berlocker, hey, do you think Scorpio Sky should go as the face of AEW? And then the next week, Scorpio Sky is the face of AEW. I'm like, oh, I said I said that. I personally I, I said that. So, <laughs> so I have the recording and everything, too. So, so, so I remember I was the first person to ever suggest that. So, so that's why I've always just like, like – like maybe maybe I might be two for two. Maybe I might be. I uh, hope. I mean, and and congratulations to Seattle. You know, Seattle. By the way, Tavon has a lot of cap space. They can actually go out there and sign two huge NHL stars if they wanted to. Um, it was very weird that they did not take goalie Carey Price from the Montreal Canadiens, who was the goalie this past year for the Canadiens Stanley Cup team that lost to Tampa Bay, because a lot of people thought Carey Price was going to be taken. And um, from what I saw. Tavon, a lot of people were not happy with Seattle's picks. A lot of people were not. Um, mm. Seattle, in betting for the NHL championship to win the Stanley Cup, Seattle's still a 100-to-1 favorite. And that's actually the fifth worst odds. So no one does not believe in Seattle's NHL franchise yet. So, But but I will say this here, though. 
the Vegas Golden Knights, whenever they came into the first year, they were a plus 3,300 to make the Stanley Cup. And they made the Stanley Cup, and they lost to Washington Capitals, but they made it. So you don't know what an NHL team could do. You know, I feel like me and the hockey guy are the only two people that believe in Seattle that could actually really make it to the postseason and make it to the Stanley Cup their first year. I don't know if it will happen, but congratulations to Seattle. Um, by the by the way, Tavon, um, um, Brian Alderez from the Wrestling Observer newsletter, he actually lives in Bohel, Washington, which is about two hours away from Seattle. So. Um, he was actually asked, would he go to a Seattle cranking game? He actually said yes. He actually said he would actually go to a Seattle cranking game. Um, but so, so I mean, congratulations to them. Um, I, I like seeing, I like seeing, you know, great NHL teams. You know, I, I like, I like to see good starts for an NHL club, you know, so congratulations to the cranking. Anyways, though, that is all for 200 and everything like that. We will be back later this week, and we will. And Tavon, you and I will probably be doing. We, we're probably going to do a s- separate episode away from all sports and stuff, and just do one on Wandavision because we because of course we still got three more episodes of Wandavision to catch up yeah. on and everything like that. And and hopefully I can now get my schedule back to normal now because man, these last couple weeks were tough. You, you know, yeah. you know, Tavon, I actually just had an eight hundred dollar bill I had to pay. <laughs> so, 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 man, boy, was I mad about that eight hundred dollar bill, man! I was like, I said eight hundred dollars. I'm like, I'm not made of money, so, so, man, oh man, uh, trust me, I tell you, Tavon. Whenever, whenever people say get your own house, tell them give me eight hundred dollars, and then, and then, and then they'll start, and then, and then they'll slow down on those conversations. So, don't <laughs> worry. I, I don't, I don't know if you ever have friends or anything. Just say, man. You need your own house. Just, t- just, just show them how much it costs to live. Because you know, Tavon, you know, there's actually places in North Carolina that only give you one bedroom and half a bath for thirteen hundred dollars a month. <laughs> so you don't even get a shower; you get a toilet. <laughs> that is mm. effed up, man. And in and, and New York, uh, I will say this here, man. I don't know how anybody lives in New York. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know about that, man. Because I saw those prices in New York, and I was like, "What the hell? How much is?" This like, <laughs> but anyway, so we're gonna close out the show with a hundred mil. J. Cole Boz. How come a nigga ain't into his prime? Still getting better after all this time. These niggas say that they kill us, they lying. Only thing I see him killing is time. 100 million, I'm still on the grind. 100 million, I'm still on the grind. 100 million, I'm still on the grind. And that'll be all for keeping it 200. Episode 44. Make sure to check us out on Spotify afterwards. Tavon, thank you for coming in, and we'll talk to you guys next time. Peace. Peace. Peace.